From Calvary Church of Santa Ana, this is the Calvary Life Podcast, the show where we share stories, laugh together, and have discussions about faith, life, and God with people from Calvary Church. Here are your hosts, Eric and Matt. All right, welcome to the Calvary Life Podcast. This is Eric Wakeling, as always, with Matt Doan. And by the way, Matt Doan, you don't know this yet, but your name is now on the little pre-bumper thing. Are really? You, yeah, yeah. Are you excited about that? It's official. That is amazing. I feel like this is our version of Facebook official. <laughs> <laughs> I guess my name is forever linked to this podcast for better or for worse. Well, not forever. I mean, we can change it. <laughs> oh, and you hear that laugh? That is our special guest for today. We have a guest. David Mitchell. Yes. David J. Mitchell. It's such a privilege to be here with you two in your man cave. Yes, thank you, thank you. Yeah, we do have a great little cave where we record this. Um, so, Dave, we call you the Diddy. Do you want to yes. like clue everyone in on what in the world? Why do we do this? Do you even know? It was a P. Is P. Diddy right at one point? I think it was P. Diddy. I don't yeah. know who. If it was uh, when we started calling Melissa Melbro, it was Melissa. Yeah, yeah. And then maybe <laughs> she she started P. Diddy after. Um, Sean, Sean Puff Daddy Combs. Combs, yes. Yeah. <laughs> the, the original Diddy. And so there, we are so much alike. I can see the similarities. Yes, yeah. yes. So, yeah, so Melissa was on staff for, boy, over a decade or so. So she gave you that nickname, and then it started kind of spreading to all of the staff, right? Yeah, we had shortcut names for all of us for a while, I think, for, for many of us. Yeah. What do you, um, what do you call me? Donor. Yeah, yeah donor. <laughs> donor. Do you actually have some nicknames for me that other people don't use. Well, I've called you E.W. Yes. Uh, for for lack of a better nickname. Like George W.? Yeah. He's never yeah. gone with like Wake Bird or anything like that. No. Yeah, he won't accept that. No. Yeah. When you had all the posters of Wakeboard all around your office from VBS, <laughs> his little kid, little kid cartoonish characters that he used to play at VBS, he decorated the walls of his office with all of his Wakebird uh, images. This is some sort of homage to this cartoon <laughs> that he was part of. This is going exactly how I thought it would start off with. It's going way better yeah. than I thought it would. Oh boy, it's true. It's true. I did have those. I actually did just recently take those down. You did. Mm-hmm. Oh, you grew to, up. I'm growing up. You know, yeah. you're senior pastor now, so you have to. You have to actually, you know, act like the senior. Speaking of uh, speaking of growing up, I feel like my mouth, my voice is like Minnie Mouse compared to these two baritone. No, but Diddy is Diddy's got the real rich. Yeah, you do have a radio voice. Oh well, thank you very much. <laughs> Look at that! That's Whoa, so good. Yes, but you do no, too. These microphones are incredible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they really are. Um, I'm actually going to go ahead and turn you down a little bit. <laughs> no. <laughs> you, yeah, can only ins- you can only insult Eric so long, and he starts turning you down. You get so muted. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, we we. Love Love having you here, Diddy P Diddy, Pastor Dave P yes. Pastor Diddy. So yeah, anyway, thank you. But Good yeah. to be a yeah, privilege. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked about flexibility this last Sunday. Yes. Um, now you just you kind of came out swinging with some shots at me. I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> well, it started with Josh because he called me a ninety-year-old man. That's true, he did. And so I let him know that uh, we wish him well in his new adventure. <laughs> yeah, we want to release him so God's not holding him back here at Calvary. And so we look forward to what his new ministry will look like. I know. I wonder what Josh will do. He is a interior uh, designer. That's maybe jo- Josh Simpson. Josh Simpson. Josh maybe, Simpson. Sorry. Maybe he could do an ad. We should talk to Josh about doing a paid commercial. 
channel on our podcast. That'd be great. We need something. Is he doing his own business, you mean? Like yeah, a, he's got a little side hustle. Yeah, business. Well, he did. My daughter actually has a brand new office. Yeah. And Melissa is in that office. And okay. Josh was the interior decorator for her in that office. See, there you go. So that was just a week ago. Okay, so maybe you are really going to move him on into just <laughs> <Yes>. that. <laughs> Would you like to have senior pastor authority back for just a five-minute window to make that happen? Uh, <laughs> no, I don't want any authority back. So, yeah, so there was also a point when you directed any criticism in the message to be sent to E-Wake. Well, yeah, yeah, I was senior pastor here for, what, 22 years. So I know how important it is for the senior pastor to take full responsibility for anything that goes out of that pulpit. And I just think it's good for the church to be aware of who is ultimately responsible. In fact, it's in the bylaws that anybody who speaks is clearly under the authority of the senior pastor. Oh, so, dear. so it's a it's a constitutional issue. Oh, man, so, I might need to like, read up on that again. Yeah. <laughs> Should have checked it out before you wanted the before job. The job. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. This is yeah, this is actually I did make sure everyone just, you know, I was like, I want to make sure Dave understood that we were willing to be kind of silly and whatever. And he is like definitely gets it. <laughs> He yeah. gets it. No, and I like it. I well, like we're it. just having fun. We are. No, I love it. I love it. And the same with Josh Simpson. Josh, we won't uh, really. just having fun with you, too. Yeah, I won't really fire Josh. Josh is actually amazing. He's a great guy. Okay, just the ability of Josh to be to do junior high, middle school ministry for 22, 20, yeah. 22 yeah. years, something mm-hmm. like that, I think, since he was first started as an intern, even. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's incredible, Ron. Yeah, he's it's great. exhausting ministry. He's, I don't know how he does it. <laughs> yeah. I, I couldn't do it for one year. All those camps, Wednesday yeah. nights, mm-hmm. late nights. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. So it's Josh am- still has his job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Settled. All right, we got one decision down. Okay. But uh, yeah, so flexibility. So uh, just talking about flexibility, open to change for the better. Wanting that, like, yeah, we want to change, but I think that was a kind of where you started was that we want to change, but it's not, we don't want to change things that shouldn't be changed, right? Right. Yeah. I tried to, you know, I've actually never done a message on flexibility, so I had to, um, I couldn't dig into my old notes. You had to be, uh, you so. had to be flexible. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because you've done basically every Bible verse before. So. <laughs> no, not necessarily. Actually, this would be kind of interesting. What yeah. does your sermon notes look like? Is it like a bunch of uh, vanilla folders or it's on the computer or what? Actually, I was just putting away. I'm in my little mini office from my uh, little big office that that has now been taken over and being demoed. Uh, and so uh, I'm trying to find where to put all my uh, my uh, notes. And there's little uh, uh, three ring binders that they're sitting in. But I tried to put them on the computer, but I don't know what's on the computer and what's just in the paper. So I tried to save all the paper and just kind of a mess, really. So. So it's a blend. It's a blend. It's yeah. a blend of uh, paper and technology or digital. What, yeah. What a gift, though, to have all these notes on so many different books of the Bible, verses, topics. Yeah, I hope it's a gift. You know, it's it's open to interpretation as to <laughs> how much of a gift. Even to yourself, to though, yours. right? Like, For me, yeah, to yeah. look back and see those stuff. I, yeah. got, I got notes there that go all the way back to my Corona days, you know, 1978, 79. Wow. So it's incredible. 
to look at those things. And you look at that and you think, oh, that's a good idea, you know, and <laughs> especially Christmas. I was you know, funny. every Christmas. I was really uh, funny and creative <laughs> with that sermon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah but, Christmas uh, gets hard, right? Yeah, every year. I mean, every year it's a lot of the same passages and you look back and you don't want to do the same sermon, but you get ideas. Right, right, right. That's true. I actually recently too went through, I had a bunch of old sermons that were on on paper that I only had on paper that it actually had, it was all early youth ministry days. So it was when I was doing middle school, junior high ministry. And it's like a, it's on legal pad paper, handwritten. And then yeah. I'd stapled it when I was done and put it into like file folders per year. Yeah. And I actually went through and just saved like three or four per year and then just chucked the rest. Cause they were, I mean, these are different too. It's like play this game, then do this oh, activity yeah. and then talk about this for five minutes and then talk about that for a couple minutes, you know, or ask this question. It's just a kind of, different sort of notes that I'm not really going to probably use these days. Now going but. back in the file too. So Eric and I both were in youth ministry, but did you ever do youth ministry at any stage of your career? No, I jumped right into adult ministry. Uh, the only pastor at Corona, I think we've covered this territory years ago in the, in the podcast room, but that's uh, right. Uh, yeah, first pastor or did just the senior, I don't I even call it senior pastor because I was the only pastor. So, so maybe I was senior and youth. I don't know. Just pastor. I was missions pastor. <laughs> I, was, I was a hospital visitation pastor, the funeral pastor. Uh, and so occasionally I was a mow the lawn pastor. And so uh, we did it all. But I never felt called or particularly gifted with uh, students. Mm-hmm. I just thought that's just uh, just not my thing. That, so. didn't, that didn't stop Eric and I from doing it. <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> did you ever do a, a kids like sermon before? Like call the kids up. Yeah, in fact, I would do it here way back years ago. We'd do like when Christmas was on Christmas Day. I did kind of a bring the kids up and here's some toys and we mm. try to try to be clever. And 2022, engaging. I think. By the way, I think 2022. It's Christmas is on Sunday. Christmas Day yeah, is on yeah. a Sunday, so it's going to be so it's a challenge how to do that. Yeah, because the kids want to go home; they want to open the presents and all that <clears throat> yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we tried to have presents to open here, and uh, so I, you know, that's I cool. Kept them engaged, so you know, it's sort of silly times. Yeah, being flexible. That's being flexible. Yeah, right? being yeah flexible. flexible. Yeah. So you, you'd even shared like some stories about having you know, at your different churches over the years on Sunday about like you had to be flexible about. Or, or people weren't flexible, I guess. It was more like, yeah, right? Was, yeah. yeah, pews and Yeah, organs. I shared on Sunday, my first church, first faith, it was called Faith Baptist. It, it no longer exists as Faith Baptist. It's been morphed into various new names, mm-hmm. kind of hipster names now. Mm-hmm. And faith Baptist is kind of... Wake birds. Like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, we had the hard pews, as I said on Sunday, the hard uncomfortable pews the way God intended pews to be and <laughs> keeps people awake. And, uh, uh, we had one family that was so upset over the fact that we would sell or get rid of those suits. I think we wanted to sell them to like a church in Mexico kind of a thing and oh, yeah. you know, ship them down there. The church could use them and we get uh, more of the portable seats like what we have over in Sandswick chapel and thought it'd be a good way multiple use. We didn't have another big room. And so this family said, if you get rid of those pews, we're leaving this church. Mm. And uh, it just struck me that, my goodness, is the attachment that some people have to a church fixed on things as insignificant, in my view, of mm-hmm. wooden pews. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you put a chairs in there, that that somehow is not as holy. It's not as much of a sanctuary, if you will, as we called it. And so uh, uh, that was my early 
baptism into the reality that some people have values that are very different than mine. Yeah. And that and, got into even what you were talking about with mission over method. But in that case, it was someone's yeah. method or preferences really overcoming the mission. Yeah. Of course, we come to church for the mission, the missions being to worship the Lord, honor him, glorify him, all that. And of course, fellowship follows that too. But to think that it only can be done if you have wooden pews, um, <laughs> was, you know, just... To me, you know, silliness, and uh, uh, but you can't convince some people. I mean, I had a few conversations even after Sunday, yeah, on some topics that we've talked about here before. <laughs> that uh, you know, people, the the two that came up the most after this Sunday uh, was the I brought up COVID, and I knew I was going to step into something there with <laughs> you that. Did. You, you went knew for it? it. You knew it. Yeah, you know what you're doing. <laughs> and so I thought I'd just go ahead and you know climb on that limb, let some people cut it off. And uh, the other was uh, women pastors. Yeah. So those are the two hot buttons. Not music style? Not music style. No, nobody's, I've not written, uh, nobody's written to me about that. Uh, I did have a a man talk to me after church about the pastor thing. I had uh, an email that talks about COVID thing. And um, so those are, I didn't even talk about women. I, I thought about that. I thought about yeah. kind of put it into my little uh, so for, paradigm. So for those two conversations, would you say those people are considering that the mission or they're part of the mission, right? They wouldn't say it's a preference. They would say, no, right. this is, this is mission. Yeah. The women role as calling them pastor was very much for him a mission. He said, it's sort of like uh, uh, tearing out pages of the Bible. First uh, mm. Timothy two is the one that comes to mind. And, um, so for him, you know, I tried to, you know, I tried to say the things we've talked about, um, you go over the term and where it's used in the context and the interpretation and the passage of first Timothy two, but it just never, it never registered. And, uh, so there was a resistant to my point of view and he just uh-huh. sort of walked away, uh, after making a, a very, um, interesting statement. And so, uh, Decided no no place to go with that. But for him, it was mission. It was like it's scripture. It's biblical. It's the right. It is how we should live our lives. And so he, he couldn't see it differently yeah. than that. It's it's one thing that's mind boggling to me. Not about I, I understand that people have different views on this mm-hmm. right on this issue. It's completely I get it. There's been a lot of years of this you know of it being a certain way. Yeah. And but what I don't understand is when people use First Timothy two as the the reason. Here's why there. I don't know anyone that uses first Timothy two as the reason who also thinks it's equally wrong for women to wear pearls, gold and braid their hair. Mm-hmm. There is no way that like, I mean, unless maybe some fringe group out there does this, but the like literally the verse before the, the verse before first Timothy two, what is it, 14 or, you know, 11 that talks about women being, you know, silent in the church and stuff like verse nine says that they uh, not with braided hair. Women should not have braided hair, gold or pearls or costly garments. So you're talking like two verses beforehand. Mm-hmm. It says that. But I mean, I feel there's nobody protesting that women are walking in with pearl earrings or a pearl necklace. And I just don't there's a part of me that just doesn't understand how it's, yeah. but why is this? So this one is contextual to the time, but this one's not contextual mm-hmm. to the time. Like this is an eternal, you know, thing that must be stood for and you'll leave your church over. But this other one, no, no, no. That was just the context probably mm-hmm. of the time. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't, I don't know what other argument you could make unless you, you hold that it's, strong. It's more modesty. It's talking about modesty in that passage, right? Not necessarily literally the things that they were wearing, but just the overall attitude 
heart uh, posture. But it, but it says those things. <laughs> it says actually braided hair. It says actually gold and pearls. Yeah, and I, I, I try to, I try to emphasize with him as I have for the years. Yeah. On the women's role uh, position, that there's a primary application that went to the church that is in Ephesus and the culture of the times and the women yeah. and the situations and the dress and ex- then there's secondary application that every text has. And it's to find those, you know, what are my little turn of, I know Eric likes these turn of the phrases. I do. Uh, alliterations and turn of the phrases. <laughs> no, 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 not that. They're Just the, one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're the, the temporary practices, but they lead us to timeless principles. And what are the timeless principles that come out of 1 Timothy 2? Yeah. And it has to do with dress and things like that. Much as you go to the Leviticus, there's so much there that we think, well, my goodness, how is that even relevant for us? Right. And yet there are timeless principles, but it's, it's, it's the, what I try to emphasize with him, it's, it's the internal interpretation that is the key. How do we interpret the hermeneutics, the big seminary mm-hmm. work? How do we interpret the scripture so that we draw out of it that is those timeless principles? Because all of them are, all these scriptures of Paul's are 2,000 year, years old. Right. And so how are they ever relevant for us? Because we're not living in Ephesus or Colossae or all those. So it's, uh, but the problem is that people you know, see it as you mentioned as mission. They see that as the the foundational thing, my little pyramid thing, mm-hmm. and uh, and they can't see it any other way. And yet, th- that's the challenge. You say mission or God's truth, as I said on Sunday. Uh, well, you know, from Genesis to Revelation, there's a whole lot of sections of those of those books that seem as though they're irrelevant and hard to understand. They're poetic or whatever. And yet it's our job to sort of decipher from that what God intended for us to get to it mm-hmm. in 2021. And right. so that's that's what people don't always get. Yeah, uh, absolutely. How to, how to and and I think we'd all say, too, there's don't always get it, but there's a process. To, we want to work together on this. So mm-hmm. you may come from a different point of view on women in ministry or uh, <laughs> like the example you're using with the cumin. Uh, how oh, Cumin yeah. Seed, yeah. Right, right. I thought that was such a wonderful little so verse. So interesting, yeah. yeah. So you may have different points of view. We want to work together on this. We're better together. We don't want to just say, okay, leave because I have a different point of view. Right. But no, let's come together. Let's remember the essentials, the mission, and then we can kind of talk through. And, and for Peter, it was the Holy Spirit literally showing up in a dream, changing his heart, mm-hmm. his mind, and and then he went on mission from there. So. I guess I would yeah. want to say we want to have patience with everyone and kind of, of coming from different points of view. Yeah, yeah, of course. But at the same time, what I, I think, because yes, but be willing to actually talk about everybody and be willing to get, go into it and dive into it. Maybe yes. even if you want to talk about it, be willing to have some of our, like both sides have your views challenged. Because yes. I think sometimes you can say, oh, we want to do that. We want to, you know, that just means like ignoring the issue. Right. Um, but I think it's be willing to to dive in. I actually think the whole thing with Peter's vision was the most intriguing sort of part of, of yesterday's message. Like when you think of the sort of the depth of it, of thinking about flexibility, when you get into Peter, who is this good Jewish man that's following the Jewish law. And when you really think about this, like this, this whole story that happens with Peter being told that to go to the Gentiles and that these foods are now clean that were once um, unclean. I mean, it really is saying the Bible rules have changed. Mm-hmm. Like when we say, oh, okay, God can speak to us except for if it contradicts the Bible, what Peter experienced was God speaking to him, contradicting the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. Like a new covenant, a new way that now is being shaped. Like, and so the difficulty f- to get to the point of trusting in that must have been 
huge. I mean, as big as it gets for someone like Peter, right? Like they're yeah. I clearly. I mean, I I, I wish I had more time. There's so much more there to unpack. I just sort of yeah. uh, put some you know crumbs for people to crawl back into that trail of truth. Yeah. Using the metaphor. Ooh, that's yeah. good. And so trail of truth. <laughs> yes. So. <laughs> And uh, but Peter, what I love about Peter, you know, he, he was so resistant and God had to tell him three times, you know, if God's telling me something, I hope I get it the first time. You know, that's a thing. But uh, for three times, kind of bathe him in this truth and finally gets it. And then what I was intrigued by, then the apostles come and take him to task yeah. for doing it. And, and that's the reality. When we try to be flexible, according to what we see God telling us to do, even today at Calvary Church, we think God's telling us to do certain things. There's bound to be groups of people that are going to take us to task. Yeah, that's something. But they were willing to discuss it. That, I think that was the point. I loved it. And about that's kind that. of my point. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. they they would talk about. It. I one of the things I always throw out my little thing and a little ditty thing is uh, that that dysfunctional families are known for three qualities. Mm-hmm. They don't talk. They don't trust each other. They assume the worst, and they don't touch. They don't get intimate. And a church is a big family. We mm-hmm. don't want to be where we don't talk. We want to talk about those mm-hmm. things. We want to trust each other. We want to assume the best. And uh, we want to have closeness uh, with one another, just to be intimate in mm-hmm. appropriate spiritual, intellectual, emotional ways. So, yeah. Does that, does that mean hugs, Dave? You... <laughs> Side hugs. Side <laughs> hugs. <laughs> We're all going to give Dave a big hug after this. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know. He's having some sinus stuff, though, so I might oh, yeah. touch him. I told Eric, yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's COVID, but you never know. So. <laughs> oh, man. But like, sorry, I'm going to take us back to that, uh, the Peter's vision thing, because I just think it's it's so wild, because actually I'm, I'm actually I'm glad that it took him three times and I'm glad that the council of Jerusalem or whatever, you know, or that mm-hmm. the, the others were taking him to task because like I said, I mean, like if somebody came to us and said this today, we would straight say no. Mm-hmm. I mean, we would straight say no. We would say, no, we stand for the scriptural values. Like it's obviously this is, this is where I'm not, a, I'm not as big of a dispensationalist as you maybe Dave in the exact way, Well, <laughs> but there are some dispensations of God's yeah, revelation. I was yeah. going to mention yeah, that. Just, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Go, go, go. No, but I, <laughs> but God does work in different ways. You yeah. know, I grew up the classic seven dispensations and we don't have to unpack all that stuff, <laughs> but uh, there are dispensations in the scriptures, whether you call them seven or three right. uh, as a case might be. And God has chosen to work in different ways. A dispensation is simply a stewardship. It's a stewardship of how God chooses to work. And right. God changed from the Jewish population only. Then he went in Acts 10 to the Gentile population, and yeah. Paul joined in on that, and God yeah. wanted Paul so he can go to the Gentiles. So that's a change, and there's changes throughout the Old Testament of how God chooses to work and mm-hmm. the stewardship of his, of his. Yeah, and so that was for that season. And but yeah. like, but that would be like us today, though. I mean, for them saying don't eat bacon <laughs> was mm-hmm. like if we said it's fine to steal. You know, mm-hmm. if all of a sudden now we were like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Stealing is fine now. You can just steal from whoever you want. <laughs> like yeah. God told yeah. me this. I mean, that's what it was tantamount to for them. I mean, it was the core of the of the law, I, and so it was moral. It was a moral issue, right? I mean, mm-hmm. sin, not sin issue. Mm-hmm. You know, straight up. So it just yeah. the, that's why I just like I want I try to put myself into Peter and those others like shoes and think how radical that 
was and how difficult it would have been for them to process through that, that this is okay now, which yeah. but for that dispense, for that time, when we say dispensation, sometimes we could just say for that time, mm-hmm. that period, so that, that was, everything was changing in that time in the early church. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I think some people carry that too far and say that like the Holy Spirit doesn't work anymore, or like there's no more miracles and stuff like that. I think that takes it too far, but yeah, so. Personally. Yeah. And so it's, you know, it's a challenge. The church was brand new. Yep. Uh, even the Hellenistic Jews had a hard time. It's just hard to integrate everybody. And there was just sort of divisions and yeah. um, what we would call racism today, I guess. I don't know if they would refer to it in that way, but there was certainly a, yeah. a looking down on certain groups of people. And it was God slowly opening their minds to a bigger vision. And bigger, it goes back to flexibility, a bigger, bigger, bigger mission. Bigger yeah. mission, yeah. Being flexible uh, on the things that God has allowed us to have freedom in, and mm-hmm. and to pursue those things uh, mm-hmm. to reach all people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're the you're the reach pastor, and so uh, we want to reach all nations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You also talked about as a 90 year old, or even you said your own life, like getting up in the morning. Mm-hmm. Just you're not as flexible as you would hope to be, or you once were, and that's. That really can happen to a church too, a group of believers that gather as we grow more in age and in comfortability, we get less flexible. Mm-hmm. For, I want you to talk about that, but first of all, talk about what happens to you in the morning. Are you like, are your, are, are your <laughs> elbows locked or I knees don't know. hurting you, or what? You get up and the legs are just not as, uh, they're stiff. You get out. It's not. I don't think it's rigor mortis because I can still breathe. <laughs> but, but, it's, but it feels there's a stiffness until you take you know a half a dozen steps and then you get the okay. blood flowing. Yeah, it's just weird because I've never you know never had that happen before. And so when you get to be ninety, it just things do you know get stiff a little bit. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. And then that translates obviously into the church, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I think. Well, I mentioned on Sunday. I just mentioned again that. Classically, it has been said, and I don't know who started saying it, but that the uh, a brand new church, church plant, uh, like what Matt Hemphill is doing, you, you spend all your energy to reach, 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 and you're creative, and you got, you have no really, you know, policy statements or bylaws or things that would necessarily, you know, negate the the plans. And then when you get to be ninety, like our church, not that we're doing that, but it'd be easy. You spend most of your energy now on maintaining what you have mm-hmm. as opposed to reaching the unreached. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the the thing we have to always watch out for is just to stay on guard. And yet that does create problems with the inflexible because we might have a creative way of doing something that reaches more people. And there's some people that are sort of happy with the way it is. Sure. Somebody said in the course of studying for this that... Uh, when you're young, you want to change the world. When you're old, you want you don't want the world to change. That's and so we, we sometimes get to that point where, you know, we, we're kind of happy with the way things are. And and yet being careful, I just want to add that, you know, as I said, there's, there's two dangers. The danger of uh, changing on those things that God does not want us to change in terms of biblical truth as we would properly interpret it. Right. But then the other danger is not changing when we should change. And we're like the... The wine skin that is old, and you put new wine into it, it just breaks, and so you just shatter, and there's spiritual failure. So it's just a balancing act mm. of constantly seeking the Lord and letting Him guide us in, in how we should balance those two extremes. Yeah, that's good. Mm. Hasn't wine skins always been like this analogy in the Bible? Where you're just like, I don't really, I never like understood it. Right. Even even like, <laughs> I know you, you explained it, but it's like even I still don't putting a new wine into a new wine skin, it would burst or whatever. I've just, or into an old wine skin, it would burst. And I'm just like, 
Because it's stiff. It's inflexible. But what's this is a wine like pop or expand or something? I don't understand what happens. Well, I think it does. I You're the wine expert. I don't even drink. Oh, so, man. Here we go. Uh, edit. So, edit. Just kidding. <laughs> So I don't know. I assume when wine ferments or grape juice turns into wine, I assume it uh, expands. I don't know. There's gases in there or something. I I don't know. I don't. I don't. I just never understood it. It is interesting, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we put it glass doesn't they're in bottles. It doesn't. I guess maybe that's why there's a cork. Like, cause, cause maybe that expands or something a little bit I, I <laughs> or it allows stuff out. I, yeah. I mean, I know I we're not, have, none of us are experts in this. Google that. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> the other uh, question I had from the sermon yesterday was what was the word whip, whippiness? Oh yeah. Whippiness. I don't know. I, you know, I just Googled, uh, um, flexibility to see what the term or definition is. And they had a bunch of synonyms. And whippiness is one of them. And nobody else knew what whippiness was. Nobody raised their hand. So we're all kind of in that <laughs> ignorant state. I have no idea. I, I should have Googled it. I, and so I can clue everybody in. Are you looking up whippiness there? I am. So, it's a real well, because well, earlier we looked up, <laughs> you, you want to say the definition you found? Yeah. So I looked it up earlier in our massive research for this podcast. Yes. <laughs> and uh, whippiness, uh, the definition, according to Webster, is the art of being whippy. <laughs> so it didn't, it didn't I hate help those at definitions all. that uses the same word. That, I know that's dumb too. But then I just looked up whippy. Okay. Cause I remember I was like, why do they do that? I don't like when they do that. But then it is unusually resilient, huh. like a whippy fishing rod. Oh. So it's, it can bend, but not be broken. I think. Oh yeah. wow. I should and, have looked that up. Yeah. And that's that classic, uh, the, the, I think, is that in our description? Yeah. It's the first part of our description of flexibility in the little booklet, but it's ble- It's a, the beatitude for this blessed are the flexible for they shall not be broken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is good. Cause yeah, that you have to be whippy. Mm-hmm. I, that's going to become part of our and vernacular. Whippy, yeah. Oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we've really had to be as a church, right? The last year and a half we've oh, had yeah. to mm-hmm. be very flexible from meeting outside to meet just say whippy just say whippy we've got to be very whippy (laughs) the last last year and a half so in some ways we've kind of it's been refreshing we've had to kind of go back and think like a church plant Mm -hmm. because everything's kind of started (laughs) over in a sense so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah. it's been good so should we call ourselves calvary whippy church instead yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) distinctive I'm the pastor of Whippy. Yeah, Whippy pastor. That's all. That's all weird. I'm sorry. I apologize, I, I apologize for that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's super important. I think it's really important for us to be flexible about the things that we mm-hmm. should be flexible about. That's the reason we started with truth and not flexibility, though. Mm-hmm. The very first well, week yeah, of the series yeah. was truth. Yeah. That would have been weird just to start with flexibility. Right. Right. So it's like we're grounded in truth, but then we're willing, especially method preference, we're willing to flex. Mm-hmm. So that we will do what is best for the the season and the time. And, you know, even when you look at a church from 75 years ago or 50 years ago, even 30 years ago, it's just going to look different in the sense of what takes place in a service, what kind of ministries are are happening. You know, I mean, even Mm -hmm. um, even you talking about how it was. Like every night of the week, you're kind of you're at something, you know, for church yeah. and, and all that and recognizing that some of that methodology just doesn't work today. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes we can grieve a methodology changing. Sure. Right. It's OK mm-hmm. to like you or even like if if your music style, the, your preferred music style is no longer. I mean, I'm a I'm I'm 47, so I'm not uh, I'm not thinking back to the hymns of the 1800s or something. But at the same time, there was music when I was in college, young adult, that stuff that was connecting with my heart that I love. And we don't do 
we do a lot less of those songs than mm-hmm. we do hymns. Let me tell you, we don't do any of the songs from my heart language. Mm. So if you want to really talk about it, we, we do none. <laughs> How yeah. many songs from my preferred time? Zero. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, anyway, we just got to think about being flexible and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's key. And uh, it was challenging when Calvary went through the flexing of music from Mm-hmm. Did I bring up the choir and just all mm-hmm. those elements that used to be here on a regular basis? Mm-hmm. Um, and and yet, you know, for me, it's always, you know, I, I would appreciate all the values of we sing Great is Thy Faithfulness on Sunday. I, I mm-hmm. love that old hymn, you know, and it's biblical. It's scripture. And so you, you have a value of those things, but it's also recognizing that just like Peter, you know, sometimes God uses different methods mm-hmm. in different ways to reach different people. Mm-hmm. And if they continue to have the Jewish dietary laws, how many Gentiles would they still be reaching? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know, it's sometimes you have to sort of change the the form of ministry. The function always stays the same. As Gene Getz always told us way back, you, know, you have to be my age to know Gene Getz, but Gene Getz, one of my professors, he said, the function of the church stays the same, but the forms change. And, mm-hmm. and that was back in 1975. And so he was breaking, <laughs> he was breaking the mold of his uh, fellowship church back then mm-hmm. uh, and reaching lots of people because he was willing to do it differently. Mm-hmm. No tie in a coat, very casual, sit in a stool and have, you know, people stand up after these preaching time and share one another with one another's concerns and prayer. And so in 1973, 74, 75, he's really breaking the mold of the way church was done. Wow. And and still, I, those forms of ministry would be valuable for the church today. Mm-hmm. That's sort of what we call body life that was going on. So even the uh, Sunday school movement, yeah. like that was what, like early 1900s, even only maybe in yeah. the 1800s, like before that, it's just you're all together, you know, and, and maybe people would think that's better too. Some yeah, people so, would, yeah. you know, but again, it's, it's, a, it's these forms will morph and change over time, but it's, it's okay. And I think for everyone to recognize that we don't want to change the core things of mm-hmm. what we're about, the doctrine, the, the belief, the foundation of scripture. And even some of these, what I think we've thrown out that term of the pillars of our church of being a church that's uh, dedicated to global missions, a church that is dedicated to the teaching of the whole breadth of scripture as directly as possible, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. these are, these are core things that maybe those even aren't in a, purpose statement or something, but there's still these core elements of what we're about. Yeah. Right. So we don't want to change that. Yeah. Yeah. We want to, we want to be as relevant as we possibly can without changing the unchangeable truths that that God has given to us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But it's a, and it's an, it's an art skill. It's almost a science to take scripture and try to interpret it in a way that is relevant for today, but is not sort of, sort of minimizing the truth or distorting the truth because we're seeing elements of that even to this day of uh, taking portions that God speaks about and not saying that it is any it, that's relevant anymore. Yeah. I yeah. mean, there are, the, the list of possible sins continues to shrink I know. <laughs> every decade, yeah. every generation. Uh, and, and we just don't uh, have the sense of guilt. We, one of my, we don't want people to feel guilt and shame. We want people to feel forgiven and cleansed and well. 
and yet if they don't recognize something that needs to be forgiven to be forgiven, you know, I used to, I'm doing a, oh, by the way, I'm doing a study on First Peter that uh, is available on YouTube for uh, every Wednesday night we post it. And, uh, Free? There's an outline. You got to pay for that Free. or something? Yeah. That... Well, I get a little something on the side. <laughs> but, uh, no, I'm kidding. No. But I used to, last Sunday, last Sunday, last Wednesday, I uh, used to picture, as I am prone to do, of my little granddaughter, Camille. She's uh. about 15, 16 months, probably. I think I'm pretty objective to say that she's probably the cutest little 15, 16-month-old baby that there is in the world right now. That makes sense. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> she loves to play in the mud. So I showed a picture of her with mud all over her face, all over her hands, and she's oblivious to how dirty she is. And you know, it just doesn't bother uh, her. Right. She just keeps on playing, and or she eats, and there's food all over her face. It just <laughs> smears it. Just, she doesn't get it. You know, the spoon doesn't quite hit the mouth, that sort of thing. And, you know, she just go on. She could go on the rest of the day with all that filth and dirt on her face or she uh-huh. sticks things in her mouth. that's filthy that dogs have been playing with. And I just thought that there are people that have a, a lot of dirt in them and on them. And I can be one of them, uh, but they don't recognize it. Just like Camille doesn't recognize uh, the dirt that's on her own face and on her own hands. And it's going into her mouth. She has it. She's oblivious. She's unaware. And, and my concern is. As we talk about flexibility, we want to be flexible with the love of God to find ways to help people feel his love, know his love. But we want to be careful about we're not too flexible that we sort of diminish why Jesus died on the cross, uh, that we do have some dirt in all of us. I've had it and still have it, still battling it. Well, you see people Um, diminishing that even. You see people diminishing even that Jesus, what Jesus didn't need to die or whatever. You know, it's like people are diminishing it all, I I feel like nowadays. And and the mission is so countercultural that I think at times when culture just pushes back on us or just feels like, oh, your mission's so weird. Either the response is to get really rigid or to yeah. kind of lower the bar and be mm-hmm. like, no, our mission's not as weird as you think it is. Look, mm-hmm. we, you can you can join us. You don't have to necessarily agree or believe in everything. And so mm-hmm. yeah. it's interesting, the responses. The the mission is countercultural, though. It's different. The world's not going to just look at it and be, it's going to be palatable. Palatable. They're going to drink it in. <laughs> like new wineskins. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's... Uh... It's important to sort of not look like the judgmental church, you know, the, the anti-this, anti-that church. The pro-Christ church is good, but there's a reality of yeah. not being too flexible in the things that God's chosen to not be flexible on. I mean, it's flexible. That was what I thought of more when I thought about that. Here's Abraham bargaining, negotiating with God right. about, about his plan. I thought, wow, this is amazing that, right. that God's judgment can change according to the, our request of him. Yeah. Moses does and, that too. Yeah. He, yeah. On Sinai, right. Exactly. Yeah. He appeals, don't, don't wipe out the country that is your possession. It's your, your inheritance. And but, he kind of like, yeah. Use, yeah, he uses this yeah. angle almost yeah, with right. God, like, but it's, it's yeah. for your glory. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. 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 So I, yeah, I suspect it. God knew everything that's going to happen there from the beginning to the end, but yeah. it's a great lesson for us to learn from Moses, Abraham, that God is willing to listen to us on behalf of those people that mm-hmm. he wants to reach. Mm-hmm. God does not enjoy the death of people. And so it's uh, right. good to see the flexibility of the heart of God to love as many people as he possibly can and see them become saved. Yeah. Give yeah. them a chance. Yeah. And that's where I think we might 
be, we might have been flexible. We still believe that the certain things are sins or this is the way of, of holiness of following the scriptures. Our approach to how we talk about it might have a little more love and grace than like fire and brimstone, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. But I think we also need to make sure that we don't ignore the truth of of eternity and heaven and hell and all that kind of stuff. And, and, mm -hmm. and so we want to do that, but we also know that this, you know, maybe this generation's like not going to get punched in the face with it as, as well mm -hmm. as maybe the past was. Yeah. Um, so that there's some method that probably changes there. Right. But yeah. it's still, but it doesn't say as like, as Matt was saying, doesn't say, Oh no, now that's, we lower the bar, uh, for entry, so to speak. Um, but, uh, yeah. the, the bar was lowered by Jesus, I guess, like uh -huh. in the sense of that still that we've all failed to reach the bar. Right. And then Jesus gets us over the bar if we're going to use the bar analogy. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so it's we know that we we've all failed that. But yeah. it's the work of Christ. Yeah. Yeah, we're all sinners. Yeah. In fact, the same study last week on First Peter, he didn't list things like adultery and murder, and you know, he listed things like hypocrisy and deceit, and you know, <laughs> and uh, maybe gossip. You know, the, the, those subtle little things that, that can be dirt all over my face, but I don't see the dirt. I look in the mirror. I don't see the gossip in my heart. Yeah. I don't see the hypocrisy of my life and the deceit that may be there. And so I think for that none of us are exempt from this kind of talk about mm -hmm. the problems of not recognizing the, the, the failures yeah. of the heart and to be constantly keeping short accounts with God, with uh, the grace of Christ. So that's good. That's yeah. good. That's good. So let's get personal here for a minute. Ooh, oh yeah. How have you had to even kind of practice flexibility just even in changing roles here at Calvary? What are some things that come to mind? And I guess you're not have, having to answer as many emails anymore. You got more yeah. than I did this week, though. They didn't email me. They only emailed him. <laughs> they didn't listen to you, did he? Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> nothing new. Yeah. But, but I think this would be helpful because uh, a lot of us are listener. Mm -hmm. we, have, we have a listener, not mm -hmm. listeners. But uh, anyway, uh, we all go through adapting to different roles in the kingdom. Um, the mission stays the same, but sometimes uh, how we execute it changes. So, yeah, how have you had to be flexible? Well, uh, you know, it's just when you, um, I'm trying to think of what those things are that I'd want to bring up. I think that, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think more often than not, I've said, Eric said, what? Uh, I think, oh no, no, <laughs> no, I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's not been hard. It's been different, uh, cause I'd never been in this kind of a role, uh, so I think the challenge for me is to always to enjoy the relationships like with with Eric, but never come across as disrespectful, even as uh, we have the give and take. I don't want to look. I would never want to undermine anything that Eric does mm -hmm. uh, or the elders. And and even as I sometimes will tease about things, but it's always it's always with due respect yeah. that that uh, honor should be given to those that are in, in role that, that are given the authority and the position that, that God, you know, we believe God calls Eric, God calls the elders, God is ordained over this church. Mm -hmm. So we live under that same authority. And so it's making sure that I'm always uh, being respectful in a way that is number one, honoring to the Lord and those that yeah. he has appointed. 
Because I always go back to, oh, back in, uh, I think it's Numbers uh, 12, Moses is in charge, and Aaron and Miriam are kind of ticked off that, why is Moses getting all the glory? <laughs> and the next right. thing they know, they got leprosy. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm always checking my skin yeah. to make sure, you know, I haven't uh, crossed that Didn't line. Didn't you have sh- so. shingles a couple of years was ago? That, was that after? Uh, I think I was uh, still in the senior <laughs> role at that point. So, yeah. So thank you, though, for <laughs> thinking that I was probably like Aaron. So. Yeah, cast outside the camp somewhere. So <laughs> and maybe, uh, no, right. Uh, <laughs> I know though it was weird at first, probably just of like some of the things, like you're instantly not in like elder meetings or certain other yeah. meetings. And all so, of a sudden you're just like, wow, what? This is weird. And then just they're making decisions without me. That's got to feel yeah. hard at first. I, I think that's that's one aspect of it. In fact, yeah. Sunday. Uh, I referenced uh, that you and the elders were up oh, yeah. at the mountain top, and so we could kind of play. Oh, yeah. We could spit and chew gum and not have to worry about it. <laughs> mommy and Daddy aren't here. Uh, but uh, then uh, a dear, you know, longtime member of Calvary Church came up afterwards, and she said, "Well, why didn't they invite you to go to the retreat? I thought you should be there as well. Shouldn't you be there?" I said, "Well, it's for the ELT and the elders. It's, you know, I'm not, I'm not part of that anymore." Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So there's that always that little bit of attention of uh, sure. that even. Here's someone who's thinking. Yeah. I wasn't even thinking about it, but she was thinking about it. But yeah, you, you don't know what the elders did at the retreat. You don't know what the elder agenda is. You don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. You're sort of on the out. And yeah. and I told her, I said, you know, I I have no authority. I have very little influence. I'm just going to do my job here. And <laughs> so, you know, that's okay. That's mm-hmm. the way it is. And so you, you learn to accept it. But I tell you what. You know, having preached this Sunday and typically don't preach for maybe a, a month or two, Saturdays are so much more relaxed. Interesting. Than, yeah. <laughs> and Sunday morning when I get up, it's so much more relaxed. It's yeah, kind of like yeah. this, uh, you know, you, you, you feel called to God to preach. I've been preaching for 40 something years every Sunday for the most part, except for vacation. And now I don't. And there's just kind of a kind of a new uh, feeling of liberation of, mm-hmm. on weekends mm-hmm. that you don't feel this kind of this, you know, I should be thinking about this. I yeah. should be working on this or whatever. Yeah. Uh, fine tuning things and so forth. It's just really kind of a liberating uh, experience. Yeah. Or even the flexibility on a Sunday morning to kind of see maybe an aspect of the yeah. church or people that you just wouldn't have the chance to when you're preaching. Yeah. You're you're freed up to, to be interacting with folks at a different level uh, with uh, those that we sit with, so you sit in the, we're being more sitting in the back, just sort of, sort of. Yeah. Have you around. ever sat in yeah. the back of a church before? No, never. This first two, time, we've yeah, always been in the front row. Yeah. yeah. So it's been kind of fun to just to look and just uh-huh. see what, what's going on, see what people are coming in and, and that sort of thing. But, um, it's, you know, it's just, it's just a mental adjustment, uh, to know that, uh, I'm no longer in that role. Um, and, and just learning to accept it. And, you know, I, um, if the Lord is watching over this church and so I just want to be where he wants me to be. And so it's a privilege, you know, I didn't expect that I'd still actually be on staff here five years, whatever it is later. Mm. So I, I'll just say this, it's been a privilege to still have some role of 50%. So uh, here, but to have some role, I I didn't expect to have that beyond even three years. I think three years we kind of initially talked Mm -hmm. about. So here I am still, still hanging around doing some things and, uh, uh, so in that sense, it's a privilege, uh, but uh, to not have all the responsibility of it. Um, I don't know if people know the role of a senior pastor and the, and the constant 
the constant concern for everything that goes on. Staff, uh, staff finances. The personnel issues, the budget issues, um, facility issues. I yeah. mean, the, all these things will bubble up at some point or another. Uh, in conflicts. Yeah, people, conflicts. Yeah, uh, yeah. Are we doing what we want to be doing? Like, are we achieving yeah. the vision? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All that. Just all the challenges that come with that. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's freeing uh, to not be the primary one. And always the numbers thing, the numbers thing, you know, mm-hmm. what's the, what was the offering and what was the attendance mm-hmm. that really was a constant, uh, kind of a burden. And, mm-hmm. and I mean that not too negatively, but you're always concerned about it. Cause you're always, you know, when I first came here to Calvary, it was kind of like, okay, we're going to go like bang just, we're going to grow this church. We're going to be the mega church and you're the CEO, Dave. And so what are you going to do to build this church? And you know, I could never, I could never get over that kind of mm. that casting of that, of that weight that Dave, what are you going to do to grow this church? And mm-hmm. I just remember those words coming at me mm-hmm. and, uh, Calvary's in a very different place back then, but it was just that sense of that. We were the mega church. There used to be super mega church, the previous pastor and mm-hmm. all that. It was mm-hmm. kind of this, this bigness to it. And yet maybe not always the, the quality of what you would want with a church. And so I was a very sort of anti previous pastor guy. And so it was hard for people if we talk about flexibility, it was hard for people to flex back then. I mean, yeah, there's sure. any numbers of people that, that thought I wasn't uh, wow. the guy for the job. So, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I just want to speak some words to you just about you. I mean, we've, I, I have said this to you. I've said this publicly. I've said this to people, even like this last week, I've said this to people of just how blessed I am to have you still on staff. Cause everybody I talk to says, wait, what if the former senior pastor yeah. still on staff, you know, right. that sounds like a stupid idea. Uh-huh. You know, everyone says that. And I'm like, no, 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 you just don't know Dave. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Dave has the humility. Dave has the ability to I don't know. Like, I feel like you always are even like what you're just saying, like you're always supportive or like lifting me up instead of trying to others might want to put me down to lift Mm -hmm. themselves up. And you don't, you don't do that. And like, I just have appreciated your, your care, advice, support, you know, whether like occasional pushback, like it's very occasional, you know, but it's just like, um, but I just feel like your character is what makes this all work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah. Your authority may have diminished or changed flexible. (laughs) Diminished is right. But, uh, (laughs) but but your influence is still strong at this church. And I I know for Eric and I, we so appreciate it. Well, Mm -hmm. thanks. I I don't want us to be the super congratulatory uh, podcast here, but, but it's a privilege. Yeah. There's so many dear people here. We enjoy fellowship with so many folks and, to have that privilege, I know of a pastor that's in local uh, in Tustin area who, when he stepped down after you know, 25, 30 years, the denomination that he was part of said, you cannot attend that church anymore. I thought, oh. My goodness, I can't imagine. Hmm. That's his family. That was his spiritual family exactly. after decades in this place. So I remember going to lunch with him and hearing about that. I thought, this is just odd to me because my dad stayed in the church that he had pastored and oh, started. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. He started Bethany. He, the Lord through him started, <laughs> sorry, uh, but started Bethany Bible Church way back in 1955 and uh, started with like 70 people, hmm. grew to a couple thousand. Uh, and he was their only pastor for 1955 to whenever he retired at that point, but stayed on at the church. And sat in the pews and uh, and uh, supported the pastor and told the pastor, 
that uh, if somebody asks me to do a funeral wedding, I want your permission to do it. I, don't hmm. think I, I guess I've never done that, but that's fine. I'm You're good. To, if you yeah. want to, <laughs> it's it's you delegated want to authority. To you, I'll, yeah. I'll do, I'm doing a double wedding next week. If you'd like to handle that, I'd be happy to pass it off to you as well. Uh, so, um, but uh, in any case, just I, just his what I learned from him. He passed on uh, that that it's just important to. You know, remember, we're a family and, and roles change and much, you know, even in our individual families. I yeah. know that, you know, my girls growing up, I was their parent. And even as my parents got aged and, and moved to this stage of life where they were just incapable of caring for themselves, yeah. I became the parent to them. Mm-hmm. And so until you can flex enough, here we go back to the flexibility and be able to change roles according to the need of the situation, you know, that shows the health of a family that I'm willing to now parent my own parents. And, uh, and I've told my kids that someday you get to parent me. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's true. It's a so, crazy sort of circle of life. Thing, yeah, yeah, it is. So, but the church is kind of the same way and you know, mm-hmm. we, we won't always stay in the same roles that we always have had. And so mm-hmm. being flexible to change is an important thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. This has been good. Really I think we, good. We need to move to the mailbag section. Oh. <laughs> Just Every, real quick. Everyone's asking for a it. Quick, right? A quick mailbag <laughs> section. Yeah. Because we actually, we have a big announcement to everybody. Like we have found a hidden treasure trove of emails. What do you mean? Uh, we thought it was only Curtis Yates. We thought he was the only person emailing. But Who for, had sent an email to ask at. No, 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 podcast no. at calvarylife.org yes. podcast at calvarylife.org singular podcast um yeah but actually there was like a bunch there was at least three like i mean i think there's six different people wait where'd you find them in the spam <laughs> it was in the spam folder we've oh. been i forgot we've been having all these spam like kind of issues here at calvary with a yeah, lot of stuff going into our spam tank yeah. yeah so six emails specifically related to your request that if we could get to a hundred people asking for this, that I would shave my facial hair to a mustache only. Yes. Like how, like how Doan was, I have still have never said I would actually obey this directive from a hundred people, but you've got, it is not six unique people. I will say one person did email four times asking yes to Eric's mustache or saying yes to Eric's mustache. Okay. So we have more than a listener at last week. We thought we had a listener. Yeah. Now we have plural. We have have listeners. (laughs) We have listeners. We have, uh, yeah. Some people even saying some nice things. Really? Yeah. So one, the, Sub- they were listening to this podcast. Subject line: "You guys are killing it." I mean, that's incredible. Wow. Is that yeah? Is that good? Tell, translate. That. Killing what? Yeah, yeah. I know. Killing, killing podcast. The, killing. <laughs> the future of podcasts are at risk with this. Exactly. Even one from sweet Kathy McCall, uh, and she sent a picture of a little pumpkin, a little pumpkin that says "Be joyful" on it after the Joy podcast. Love the Joy oh, podcast. Kathy, that's wonderful. I know, which is amazing. Feeling the love. From Thank you, Kathy. The listeners. Yeah, I know. So some good stuff. Um, some people that were mad that we gave the Ren Collective tickets to Curtis since he was our only 
emailer because they say is this feels like now it's tainted okay you know so the spam folder but i actually did the i i looked up at the order of emails and it still would have been curtis so yeah and just a reminder we have no idea if we can guarantee oh, yeah. these tickets we have no authority over these tickets all we have is a is a key to the worship center yeah. and we can maybe open the side door for you <laughs> and then you're kind of on your own from there curtis <laughs> any uh any questions in the mailbag there is there there is a question now. It's one email that sent 15 questions. So I think we might need to save some of these for later, but they're pretty much really, really, they're all soft. I thought he was going to send a hard one, but these are things like what's the best sandwich? What's the scariest animal? You know, is exercise worth it? Stuff like that. You know, so we'll, we'll cover those on a future podcast. Um, but there was, uh, there was one that says that they want to send in a harder question. Would you accept deeper theological questions in addition to the nonsense stuff? Basically, they said. And we were like, yeah, we'll, we'll take them. Okay. You heard it here first. I'll, I'll ask the question and Matt will answer it. <laughs> well, we, I think Dave and you now need to be a permanent member of this, uh, of this podcast to help us with these. But no, just a uh, super exciting, super exciting news though, that we actually have a few people that listen. Thanks guys. Podcast at calvarylife.org. Yeah. Keep them coming. <laughs> you, I've been sitting here for almost an hour for three people that are listening. Is that no, 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 no. That's just, I mean, you extrapolate. The iceberg. Yeah, yeah. The iceberg. If someone oh, is willing okay. to email, that must at least represent a thousand people. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Wow. 3,000 people are out there. No, no, no. There's like seven people that have emailed us, Dave. Oh, 7,000. Yeah, it's huge. Oh, this incredible. is going well beyond Calvary Church. Yeah, this is <laughs> this is what the kids call viral. <laughs> the kids. Okay. Yeah, kids these days. And we're going to actually talk about uh, all the different generations, speaking of the kids and the older folks uh, who, oh, that's right. honestly, kids are pretty inflexible when you think about it. They just scream when they don't get what they want. So I don't think it's just older folks. <laughs> you know, actually a really good, uh, a serious point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Flexibility is for every generation. It really is. It really yeah. is. And you can see kind of... Uh, both sides of ideological spectrums, left and right. People are inflexible. They're entrenched mm -hmm. in their position that we all mm -hmm. need to have some level of holding on to our truths, but being flexible, um, you know, firm heart, soft edges. There you go. <laughs> you should have a plaque in your office. I should. Every you know, over your door as you walk out. Would that replace uh, the VBS yeah. posters, maybe? <laughs> I hope. Yeah. Oh, I wonder, I'm going to ask you this live on, uh, or not live, but just oh. while recorded. Because oh. I don't know if you were in that sermon when I talked about this and I said how I was at the Biola event and Barry Corey, president of Biola oh, yes. University, yes. he put up a picture of this bumper sticker that he had seen that said something like firm, firm center, soft edges. Oh. And so what I wanted to know was, did Barry Corey get this from you? Or did you get this from Barry Corey? Oh, this is this line you've this, been using on been me for years. have been wanting to ask you this for a long time. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm trying to remember if I knew that line before I met Barry. But he used it in his book, I think. Love. I forget, I forget the name of his love, book. Love Kindness, I think. Love Kindness. Yeah. That's yeah. what it is. Love Kindness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've read it. In fact, I had to. I, I read it before it was published because he wanted me to make, you know, edit stuff. Yeah, and oh, you're wow. still on the board at Biola, right? I am still on the board. Yeah. yeah. That's so, amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. Um, so it's a privilege and uh, Biola's, you know, talk about no, 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 Stop talking oh, about okay. all that nonsense. <laughs> get, get back to the thing. Did you make it I, up or I did he make it up? <laughs> I probably heard it from him first. I don't remember exactly. I don't remember if I talked about you with that before. He's been there for 10 plus years 
Yeah. So I suspect I might have heard it from him. I, I can't remember. That for sounds sure. like about when you started yeah. using it on me. It was about ten years ago. Yeah. Well, I wanted to use it earlier, <laughs> but Appro- appropriately. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I just didn't know. Oh, Matt. Matt's trying to bring in the nice. Yeah, he's trying to bring in the nice factor. Dave here. and I have a signal right now, uh, gaining up on Eric. Uh, also, uh, I think the podcast community would really like to know the story behind how you sold your motorcycle to Ron Rogowski. <laughs> oh, yeah. You think people would not? Yeah. I hope Ron didn't feel like a, you know. That's fine. I actually just yeah. heard this story from Ron like a week ago when we were on the train yeah. down to San Juan. Oh, that right? Did you yeah. offer it to him? Did he come up to no, you and say, no, I want to no. buy it? No, it uh, goes back a ways. Um, so I uh, bought a Harley because that's a Honda. And so that's fine. And I bought that Honda from a missionary uh, who was going on the uh, overseas, and that's how I talked my wife into it. Mm. I'd like to do a favor for this missionary, and so <laughs> we went down to Laguna Hills where they lived. So I bought that motorcycle from him, and because uh, it was a, as a way to support him in his missionary work. Sure. So, uh, so I had that for a while, and it was great. And every motorcyclist that I know knows the story that when you buy small, you're eventually going to buy big. You know, it just you tend to. So I bought a kind of bought a Harley after that. And uh, so I didn't need that anymore. And I ended up selling it to Roger Gold. Ah. So Roger Gold actually rode that thing to, I think, to when he was teaching school down in the L.A. area somewhere. I thought, oh, my goodness. Uh, so so he had it. And then eventually he wasn't able to ride it anymore um, for some health issues. And so I just sat in his garage. Mm-hmm. And so I knew it was sitting in his garage. And Ron had this little, uh, you know. Uh, sport bike. There's another term that I use for scooter. Those. Yeah, well, we'll not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep it sport yeah. bike. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Sport bike, <laughs> and uh, it's kind of beat up and and uh, not very comfortable. Those things are just not comfortable to ride. And so Ron was getting uh, ready to make a change. And I told him about Roger. And so mm. Roger's got his, his bike just sitting in his garage. And so he went over there and looked at it. And I think Roger actually just gave it to him. I'm I'm not sure about that, but I think that's what happened. Roger and Liz Gold, great, great couple for here at Calvary Church. And uh, um, and so he got it, and it wasn't running. You know, when your bike sits for years, it won't run. So he had to do a lot of work on it. But it looks great. It looks a lot better than when I had it. And Is so, it like a – because it's not a sport bike. It's more that Harley style. No, it's more of a cruiser. Cruiser style. Call it, call yeah, it yeah, cruiser. Yeah, yeah, you, cruiser. It's a little more relaxed. You don't, you're not leaning yeah, forward. Gotcha, you're leaning gotcha. back. You can extend your legs. All right, we've probably gone too long on the motorcycle sales. uh, Thanks for asking that. I I was just curious. Was was it given to him? Did he buy it? No, he bought it from Rod. He told me he did pay it. Oh, did he buy it? He did buy it from Roger. I remember him telling me that. But it was a very, very affordable amount. Yeah, it it couldn't have been worth it. Because he had to put a bunch of money into it. Yeah, he had to rebuild a lot of a new gas tank. And And those parts didn't, you know, aren't sold. And you had to special order and blah, blah. But yeah, kind of bottom line is if you are looking for a motorcycle, we have a motorcycle broker in our church, David Mitchell, oh, P. Right. Diddy. Come talk to him. I did. Yeah. I did remember there was a an emailer that was the person that sent me a message saying, I know I've emailed. There's got to be more emails somewhere. That was the person that got me to check the spam tank. And that was Talitha Mitchell. So mm-hmm. Talitha actually had a question. I forgot that I told her I would answer. So maybe Dave could answer this. Like, okay. why Chelsea, not Liverpool? <laughs> 
Is that Chelsea coming? You're talking about Chelsea so, Cummings? Yeah, on our staff. Chelsea. Yeah. So here's Chelsea the, still works here's here. the thing yeah. is that Eric slips in a soccer reference almost to every episode. Oh, really? So I know you don't know this because you haven't listened to the, any of the episodes. Yeah, Dave. Yeah, by the way, Dave has listened to zero of these, everyone. <laughs> I hope you listen to this one. I hope you listen to your own. But um, it might be the last one you would ever listen to. Yeah, yeah. Right. I don't like to hear myself. I don't like to see myself preach. Um, but uh, yeah, soccer, boy. That's uh, that's like a how long? How is it like an hour and a half that you can't ever get back? You know, it's a, <laughs> that's right. Ninety minutes, but you, no commercials, no stoppages of play, only yeah. a short halftime. They're like little ants running all around the field, and occasionally there's a score. That's it's right. Just, it's just. So, what's your favorite sport? Uh, football. Well, I love love uh, college Same. football. That's what NFL. we're talking about. We're talking about football. <laughs> <laughs> love watching football. Yeah. yeah so yeah. that's been great. Yeah. Watching the Dodgers now. I don't normally watch baseball until the uh, playoffs because otherwise games are meaningless. I know. I but, fell asleep. I turned on game five of that Dodgers um, San Francisco Giants playoff series. Game five. Yeah. Seventh, I turned on the seventh inning. Tie Uh-oh. game. Two innings. All I need to watch is like two yeah. innings to watch the entire whole culmination of this series. Within 15 minutes, I was passed out on my couch asleep. Oh, sad. Yeah. Sad. I know. I just yeah. don't have it in me. I'm sorry. The baseball fans are going to get mad at me again that I'm doing this. Oh, yeah. Why I've did, been trashing why did, baseball. Why did Curtis take you to a baseball game when you hate baseball? Curtis said he almost revoked the invitation to Whoa. take me to a baseball game because of what I said. Yeah. So I love baseball in person. I just can't watch it on TV. Flexibility, mm-hmm. Eric. Flexibility. I know. I'm, yeah. I'm trying. I'm being flexible. All right. I think we have. Uh, we are... At like an hour and five minutes oh. here, so I, I think, think our audience is stopped. Anybody being flexible. Else <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we appreciate you all being flexible, and we appreciate the Diddy for preaching on flexibility and for Thank joining you. us here. Well yes, it's well a privilege done. to be in this <laughs> sacred place here oh, for the podcast. Yes, that's right. So thanks to Don, and thank you for listening to the Calvary Life Podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Calvary Life Podcast. If you'd like to share any of your thoughts, please reach out to us at podcast at calvarylife.org. You can find out more about the show on Instagram at Calvary Life or on our website at calvarylife.org slash podcast.